Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Today on CityCast Philly. When you buy a renovated home or see major home repairs happening in your neighborhood, you assume that work is done safely. But that's not always the case in Philly. I'm speaking with a Philadelphia Inquirer reporter about an ongoing series, Crumbling City, which looks into construction safety issues and their impact on residents. It's Monday, September 25th. I'm Trini Nuri, and here's what Philly's talking about. Samantha Malamid, investigative reporter for the Philadelphia Inquirer. Tell me, you focused on all kinds of construction safety issues, but today, you know, we're going to really talk about what homeowners have been experiencing. Can you tell me what's going on with city homes? So Philly, of course, is a city of row houses and very old row houses. It's also the poorest big city, so a lot of those houses have a lot of deferred maintenance. And because of the way these houses were built, a lot of them are really vulnerable to whatever is happening next door because they were all built as one contiguous row. So they're all interconnected. So over the past five years, we've identified about 50 houses a year that have been deemed unsafe or imminently dangerous by wow. LNI. That's the Philly Department of Licenses and Inspections mm-hmm. be, that appear to be related to uh, construction, demolition, or excavation next door. And there have been several dozen collapses of, of row houses and like small commercial buildings due to apparently due to construction next door. Gotcha. You mentioned LNI. So can you tell me how the system works for projects like this? Where do you get a permit? So like I said, the Philadelphia Department of Licenses and Inspections, known as LNI, is the department that licenses contractors in the city and that issues permits. So that's who's in charge of overseeing this work in Philly. And they issue, of course, thousands of permits each year. But you know, the, the challenges is that they've been significantly understaffed. According to their budget, their most recent budget, each inspector is actually responsible for about 960 permits. I guess at any given time, it just says 960 permits is the caseload per inspector. So that is a lot of work to keep up with. Mm. And contractors and pretty much everyone I spoke to kept using the analogy of the wild, wild west. They're, they're like, there's just a total culture of uh, recklessness. Samantha, I want to break down some of the construction scenarios that you investigated. Let's talk about 45th Street in West Philly. You reported about some connected homes there. So this um, string of, they're actually duplexes, but they were built as sort of one contiguous row going down the block facing Clark Park on 45th Street. And some of the people that I spoke with there have been there for 50, 60 years. But 
you know, the way these houses were built, they had these porch fronts that went up two floors where each neighbor's house sort of shared some of the support for the other neighbor's porch. And likewise, in the back, they shared the fire escape landings. Um, So a developer came through and started knocking down the houses there in order to build three-story, you know, bigger student housing buildings. And a lot of these houses, you can really see where the damage is occurring. You know, one house is sitting there right now, and they're talking about, you know, leaks and drops coming in. And I interviewed another family who, um, a woman named Margaret Struthers, who is 93 years old now, and she was a widow and really had owned her home since I think 57 and planned to, you know, live out her days there. And because of, you know, both houses that were attached to hers on both sides were knocked down, her house started to exhibit all sorts of signs of deterioration, cracking. I I took a tour through there and the smell of mold was was incredibly intense. Mm. And so um, she is not able to live there anymore. And She's not also really able to rebuild. And she did end up suing and winning, I think, over $200,000 from the developer. But, you know, that's what's happening a lot is that um, residents are finding out that this is really an issue to be resolved through civil litigation, that there's not really too much other help for them. Samantha, you've been sharing a lot about how row homes, which Philly is known for, and they're really vulnerable to damage during renovations. Can you go into that a little bit more? Like, what is it about the way that they're built that makes them so vulnerable? So the Philly Row House construction is incredibly simple. The way it's been explained to me, I'm not an engineer. Um, But so basically, uh, on the bottom, there are these foundations made out of rubble, which is a term for like rough stone, which, which is held together, but basically like no mortar. And then above that, between the houses, is the main structural element, which is this party wall, which is only two bricks wide. And the party wall is basically the wall between the row houses. Yeah. It's the the wall that you share with your neighbor. So it's basically communal property. That wall is communal property between you and your neighbor. And it's made usually of like a pretty soft, crumbly, like high sand content brick. You know, like one situation with the party walls in between the houses, uh, you're supposed to cover it at least with, you know, like some sort of waterproof material, because again, that's like very soft brick. It's not meant to be exposed to the elements. And um, if it's just left there, you know, it can start to deteriorate. So unfortunately I've met, you know, multiple people who someone knocked down a house next to them and never did bother to cover. The party wall, Elle and I told me that even though that requirement to cover up the party wall has been in place since 2014, um, at least, Elle and I told me that they actually like were not enforcing it until this year. Um, that it was, yeah, that it wasn't, they said it didn't kick in because it wasn't part of their inspection process. Samantha, what about flips? You know, old houses getting new renovations. What could go wrong there? So, I mean, (laughs) I think, you know, anyone who's looked at a lot of flips in Philadelphia knows that any number of things can go wrong. One architect I spoke with 
her advice on buying flips was don't. Um, Interesting. Because, <laughs> because you just don't really know what the quality of work is. But they look so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they do. Um, on the other hand, you know, you know, many people have bought flipped houses and and they're fine. So, you know, you you just have to do your homework. Mm. But the really dangerous thing that is happening in many flipped houses and in the houses that I uh, visited in Kensington is that people are trying to expand them by getting more livable space in the basement. So they are excavating the basement, which again involves this process of underpinning, which is where you basically dig below the adjacent rubble foundation and you try to pour concrete underneath the adjacent foundation to support it and also to support, you know, underneath your own foundation, which you're digging beneath. And that's impacting their neighbor. Yeah. Um, so I spoke with two women, Julia Blaukoff and Farah Lopez, who had bought houses right down the street from one another in Kensington. And um, between them, they had gas leaks. They had flooding in their basement. One person had an electrician come through who said that their wiring um, was missing essential safety features. And also Julia's wi- front window just fell in at one point during a storm. So all this happened within the first year of owning their homes. And that's when they both um, started to look into it and realize that actually that there was pretty significant issues going on. And they're still trying to get to the bottom of all the issues that they're having with their house. But the fact that their basements were um, underpinned and that there are gaps where you can see that it wasn't done properly, according to the engineers that they brought in to look at it, um, raises... To my mind, the biggest concern is because that's a structural issue. Samantha, what could or should the city be doing to prevent these issues? Is there enough oversight of these construction practices? I mean, there have been a lot of things that people have suggested to me that could make a big difference in ensuring construction safety. So just to take them one at a time, I mean, when you're talking about construction defects, First of all, state lawmakers have proposed a residential construction lemon law. That's something that um, I think Joe Hohenstein, who's a state representative from Philadelphia, um, a Democrat, has proposed multiple times and the state has yet to pass. So that's something that could be done. I think, you know, people talk about contractors having more significant licensing requirements in order to ensure that they are qualified to do the work that they're doing. The city has actually not revoked any contractor licenses this year and has only suspended two contractors. Is that something that they would normally do? Yeah, like in past years, they've they've revoked or suspended on average seven a year. And so I don't really, I don't really know why why all these contractors who have caused collapses over and over again are still able to work. But I think, you know, there's a question about oversight. You know, some people, after the Market Street collapse happened 10 years ago, in which seven people died during a demolition catastrophe, um, some people suggested that uh, the Department of Licenses and Inspections should be separated into two departments, the Department of Buildings and a Department of, I think, like licensing and permits, 
so that there could be a department of buildings that was just devoted to safety. And that didn't happen. Um, there was a proposal to require contractors to um, to carry insurance for the neighboring properties. And that was something that that never was realized. But I think that could could make a big difference. And then the last thing is properly staffing up and I guess funding the Department of Licenses and Inspections because Philly actually does at this point have a lot of really robust laws in the books, but it's a question also of if the inspectors are able to enforce them. What should homeowners be aware of when looking for a new home? Um, I think for new construction, you know, number one, it's a it's definitely a good idea to um, talk to a lawyer and make sure that that you understand the terms of the contract you're signing. And you want to also have a very good understanding of who you're buying the house from and what their qualifications are. So um, the other thing that I would say is if you're buying a house in Philly, like an old row house, I would pay attention to uh, what it's next to. <laughs> so if it's next right. to a vacant lot, like, and you're in a gentrifying neighborhood, that is probably a target for redevelopment. Or if it is vacant and boarded up, that might be a place where they're going to end up doing some construction. And given, you know, that you are like lit- that they're going to be literally going right up to the property line, like you want to sort of give a lot of thought to how that might impact the structural integrity of your house. And what should I do if I already live somewhere, but there is construction next door? You definitely have a lot of rights and you should take advantage of them. Um, one thing is that if they are trying to do construction of a row house or an apartment building that's going to go right up to the property line, they're going to need to access your property. And so that means that you have the opportunity to negotiate an access agreement. And some of those access agreements could include things like you have to put put my property on your insurance so that if anything happens to my property, like your insurance has to pay for it. I think community legal services has some templates for that that they are offering, but it's definitely something that you can negotiate. Also, just take photos and um, consider getting maybe an engineer to come out, your own engineer to come out, although that is expensive, but at least they could sort of get a baseline of where things are in your property. And then quick question, do renters have any... um should they do some homework in, the, in these kind of situations or there's not much that they can do because they're at the will of the landlord? I think the renters are the most vulnerable in these situations because, I mean, I, there's not that much that you can do to protect yourself. So, I mean, obviously it depends on your relationship with your landlord and whether they're responsive to your concerns, but Unfortunately, I mean, we've seen like multiple situations where renters have either been in properties that collapsed, have been, you know, put out of their homes at a moment's notice because the property they were in was deemed unsafe. Or in the case of Lindley Tower last fall, um, about 100 people were were evicted from their homes because part of their apartment building collapsed and the city had been citing that building for violations for months, if not years. And 
you know, it, it apparently made no impact because in the end, the collapse did happen and all those people were were put out of their homes. So unfortunately, once again, I think it really comes down to um, oversight um, from the government. And um, you can see it's it's a high bar because there is so much going on in the city and so many old buildings here. All right, Samantha Malamed, investigative reporter for the Philadelphia Inquirer. Thank you so much for breaking this all down on CityCast Philly. Yeah, thank you for having me. You can read the entire Crumbling City series by clicking the link in our show notes. Plus, there's tons of resources for you to use, too. That's all for today here on CityCast Philly. If you enjoyed this episode about home renovations in the city, tell a friend, tell a neighbor, rate the show, leave us a review, and hit that subscribe button. Be sure to sign up for our morning newsletter, Hey Philly, to learn more about what else Philly's talking about. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye. Bye.